Money Spot, the place where we answer your money questions. I'm your host, Heather Katonga Woodward, and in this week's episode, Ron Joy asks a question about how you can remain financially afloat if you're in a relationship, but one of you is not able to work for a period. This is what he asks. Dear Miss Katsonga, what is your opinion on critical illness cover? What are the alternatives for lump sum payout to cover mortgage or other debts in case one partner is unable to work? Thanks, Ron Joy. Very formal, Ron Joy. I give you permission to call me Heather. So, you want to know how you can cover yourselves if one person is unable to work. One, critical illness cover. The first thing you mention is life insurance with critical illness cover. Typically, people will have this on their mortgage insurance. I will cover a few basics for the benefit of people that haven't thought through this. So mortgage insurance is usually decreasing term, which means that the amount by which you're covered falls over time roughly in line with your mortgage balance. The result is that if the person covered by the insurance falls critically ill, near the end of the mortgage term, the payout may be quite small, but at least it would clear whatever mortgage is outstanding. If an appropriate level of cover was taken in the first place, and obviously updated if the mortgage amount was increased. A problem with critical illness cover is that only specified illnesses are covered and different providers cover different things. This means if you or your partner gets ill and can't work and your specific illness isn't covered, then you don't get a payout from the insurance provider. The cover usually also has a condition that you need to be ill for a specific amount of time before a payout is due to you. For example, you need to be ill for six months or more or in an intensive care unit for at least three months and you're not due a payout if you don't fulfill these conditions. So relying completely on critical illness cover can be a bit of a high-risk situation. Two is employment insurance. So you can also buy insurance to cover you if you're unemployed, for example, due to a redundancy. This type of policy would cover you even if you weren't ill, but may specify that you need to be unemployed for a given number of months before you are due a payout. The key problem here is that unemployment insurance tends to be expensive during turbulent times, which is probably when you actually need it. When I first started working back in 2005, I bought unemployment cover and was cheap as chips. But when the 2008 crisis hit, the cost of the cover increased so exponentially that I just cancelled it. It wasn't worth it. Three is rental insurance. If you own your rental property, in fact, even if you don't own your rental property, you can buy insurance to cover tenancy gaps. I guess if you are a renter, this would just look a little bit more like unemployment insurance. So let's assume you own a, a property and you're a landlord. Getting rental insurance could be a good idea so that you never have to worry about both being unemployed and having to support a vacant rental. The policy will likely state that the property needs to be vacant for a specific amount of time before payouts are due, and probably not vacant, but the tenant needs to have missed a specific number of payments to you before they'll pay you. 
I buy my rental protection via RentGuard and I am not being paid to promote them. However, they did stop writing new policies when the government made it harder to evict non-paying tenants during the COVID-19 pandemic. So it's not always available, but should be a consideration if you're a landlord. Four, and this probably should have been one, is the emergency fund. A good idea would be to keep an emergency fund of six to nine months of living expenses depending on how risky your your job is. This would give you peace of mind that you would survive even if you didn't have both incomes coming in. If only one person was unemployed, then a six-month fund would last a lot longer. And uh, if you are a key worker or in some other type of secure job, you might want to keep less expenses, like three months, maybe four months. But I think six months to be on the safe side is a good amount, especially as you get older. Five is living on one income. So last but certainly not least is if you arrange your finances such that your family can survive on the lower of your two incomes, then the loss of one income is never something you need to worry about. This is our personal favorite. Obviously, the loss of that second income leads to reduced saving, but our household saves the equivalent of one income every month, either as actual cash saved or as repayments on mortgage debt. Should one of us be unemployed, the most we would have to do is call our bank and pay interest only for a limited period. And banks are usually quite happy to do this. In the long run, we would like to build up a cash emergency fund. But for now, we do invest all disposable income and we have made peace with that risk. I hope this helps Ron Joy and that you'll pick one of these strategies for hedging your household against unemployment. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to ask me a personal finance question, please type themoneyspot.co.uk into your address bar and you'll be redirected to the exact page on my website where you can ask a question. There are three things I would love you to do. Why don't you have a look at my ebooks or courses? My property course is the top rated UK course on Udemy for people who want to begin to invest in property. My notes to debt freedom give you an A to Z guide on how you can go from debt to zero debt. And finally, my workbook B-School for money-wise, wealth-bound kids will be a fun book that you and your kid can go through together to start teaching them all the common sense things they need to know about money so that they never ever struggle with debt. The second thing I'd love you to do is to please rate me five star on Apple Podcast, and if I don't yet deserve your five star, please send me a message and let me know how I can earn your five star rating. And finally, if you're just loving what you're hearing and the value I'm putting out there, look into the show notes and buy your girl a coffee. Thank you. Have a great day. They said it wouldn't happen to me.